welcome to another podcast of Gatesy's study on Bible topics. I'm really enjoying breaking this down now. God is revealing a lot of stuff, so I am just going to continue to put out a few podcasts this morning. So we finished off in chapter 3, verses uh, 17, where he's just cursed the snake. So first and foremost, in the order of things, that he cursed the snake first, for he was the one that deceived. And then the woman, he cursed her for being deceived. And then he cursed the man, the authority, for giving in to it, not taking authority over the situation. All right? So uh, we're to verse 17 of chapter 3. To Adam he said, Because you did, as your wife said, and ate of the tree which I had commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Because you did this, because you did what your wife told you to, rather than because you knew it was wrong, you did not use the authority as the man of the household to say, this is incorrect, we are not going to do this. Whether he was standing right there and watched, which makes it even worse, or he was somewhere in the garden and Eve went to find him, said, oh, have tree of the good and like have fruit of the tree of good and evil because it's amazing. It tastes so good and nothing happened to me. Look, like nothing has changed whatsoever as a possibility. And he looks and goes, well, you're right. Nothing happened. So maybe nothing happens. And then eight of it and then bam, instantly they both perceived that they were naked and they were ashamed of themselves, ashamed of this nakedness that God had deemed beautiful. So they saw themselves in a negative light because before that, negativity never existed. Um, so I told you, you shall not eat of it. So now, boom, care, cursed be the ground because of you. If anyone is to blame while why the ground is so hard, it is your fault, Adam. So everyone in the future, all generations, for them to argue with the ground, to be able to put a lot of effort in just to make a living, it is your fault. Remember that. Thorns and thistles shall it sprout for you. So everything was beautiful in the eyes of God. These negative plants never existed before the eating of the fruit. All right? So all of a sudden, everything that was beautiful, now there is stuff that is ugly. That is disgusting in the sight of God because man brought it into existence. All right. Um, so by toil shall you eat of it. So because the ground is cursed, you are going to have to work that soil and put a lot of dang effort into it for all the days of your life. So all generations that produce fruit from, oh, sorry, Food from the ground, you are going to have to work and work hard until the day that you die. Thorns and thistles, shall it sprout for you? So they, there was no seed origin for these. They just appeared out of a cursed ground. So when things are not of God, they are not nice at all. Um, but your food shall be the grasses of the field by the sweat of your brow shall you get bread to eat so i gave you authority to to watch the garden so 
you get to eat of all the fruit, all these things. You don't have to do it. You just have to look after it. It's not going to take effort to look after it. You're going to be able to eat the fruit when the fruit drop on the ground and you don't get to eating them. You get to collect the fruit. You plant those fruit because they've got a seed in them. And then all of a sudden another fruit tree comes up. And so as you populate the earth, you're going to be able to eat the fruit and the veggies and whatnot, and they're going to be able to do the same. And as you continue to go, these beautiful fruit, you're going to be able to plant them more and spread and cover the entire earth by population of people and of plants. So I have completely provided for you. All you had to do was trust in me and carry out this thing that I'd called you to do, and I would provide these beautiful fruits for you to live comfortably so that I can walk in the garden with you and be in relationship with you. But because you decided not to do that, you are going to have to work and work hard. So sweating means a lot of effort and not very nice weather. For me, I'm terrible when it comes into the heat times and sweat just pours off of me and I'm like, eh, where's I'd love to live in Tassie where it's beautiful weather. Probably the west side, like the west coast, where it's raining all year round and snow and stuff. That would be absolutely wonderful. But I don't get that luxury. <laughs> so... You have to now put effort in, and rather than all the beautiful fruits that I made for you to enjoy, you're now going to have to eat the grasses. You're going to have to eat the seed heads of the grasses. So you're going to have to put effort in to establish grasses. You're going to have to work to make sure that those grasses grow, and then you're going to have to harvest those grasses at the end to receive the seed heads. You're not going to be able to use all the seed heads for food, because you have to then heart like sow the next year. And so it'll be just this cycle and cycle until the end, the earth comes to an end. That way I have to put effort in and it's a continuous cycle until the day that we die. Um, until, yeah, until you return to the ground, you're going to have to do all these things. For from it you were taken... For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So you're going to have to work your own deathbed until you return to it. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? But this is God showing that there are severe consequences for those that disobey him. All right? Um, so up to verse 20. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord gave, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. All right, what just happened there? You can think about it. For this is, this was, when I first saw this, this was one of the most mind blowing in awe moments of me reading the Bible full stop. So after. The man named his wife. So he, God has just laid out this complete curse upon the snake, upon the woman, upon the man, and upon the earth. And now he's like, you now understand these things, and the reason these things happened is all because of your disobedience to me. There is always a consequence, and it is a very severe consequence because you decided to go against me, God, the the God of all living beings, the creator of heaven and earth. You have seen my creation right before your eyes. 
and you still chose to disobey me. So because of that, I have to cover you. You can't cover yourself. So the fig leaves was man's attempt to cover their shame. And in God's eyes, that was not good enough. It was never going to work. And so God had to cover their shame himself. How did he do that? Well, it says he used skin. In other Bibles, it says the skin of a lamb. So in the Bible times, a lot of the time that they would skin an animal and they would turn its skin and fur into clothing so that they could stay warm. It makes sense to have the fur on the inside, but I'm not 100% sold that that was the case. So whether once the uh, the skin, like the internal skin dried up and became firm and that leathery feeling, whether that's what they had and they had the, the wool on the outside acting as an insulator. I'm not sold either way on that, but it was one of the two. And so what did God have to do? To cover their shame, to cover the sin that they'd committed, God had to do it himself because man's effort was so pitiful that God had to cover it, all right? So if God had to cover it with the skin, what skin? The only other skin that existed other than human was an animal. So God used the skin of an animal to cover man's sin. So if he took the skin off an animal, what took place to get the skin? Was there an animal walking around completely bare? Like it's it was walking around purely with its tendons and muscles and everything on display for all to see? Or did God do this? He sacrificed an animal, and when he skinned it, blood was poured out. And all of a sudden, an animal was sacrificed, and its blood was shed for the covering of the animal to cover man. What the heck? All of a sudden, God has portrayed... It hasn't even got the chapter 4 of Genesis yet. God has portrayed what has to take place for man to be in relationship with God again. An innocent animal has to be killed. So some Bibles will say that it was a, a lamb that was killed. And so for all the references of the lamb that was slain, you picture that it was a fairly chubby lamb. I reckon it would have been a good size hogget. It would have been about the 25 to 30 kilo dress weight, I guess you could say. That, And if that's the case, it wasn't just one, but two. So a lot of blood had to be shed to be able to cover man's sin. So the entire body was skinned to be able to cover man. So there was a lot of blood that was shed so that man had a covering from God. What did Jesus do? You read the description in Isaiah and you read the description throughout the Gospels of what Jesus went through, 39 lashes of broken bones and pottery. So they called it a cat's tail. And so what they would do with these leather straps, so you think of like medieval torture whips where they have lots of strands that slap on the back. 
It's those strands, but put broken bones and broken pottery into it. And they would slap the back. It would dig into the flesh of the back. And rather than flicking it back out, they would pull sideways or pull down. And they would tear flesh out. So, and in Isaiah, it says that he was unrecognizable as a man, as a human being. He could not be recognized because of what he, he was so disfigured in his face and in his body from the torture that he went through that he was like, you could say that he was skinned as a human being, not to the point that he died before he got to the cross, but he was so disfigured they didn't recognize him as a human being. Okay. It's a very gruesome picture but it's one that we need to understand and appreciate what Jesus went through so that we could be again in relationship with this loving father that loves his children, but only those that choose him. Okay. So God has just shown consequences of sin and we'll keep reading from here. So after he killed an animal, to shed its blood and pour its blood out so that he could take the skin off to coat man's shame and nakedness and coat his cover his sin. God is the only instigator that can cover sin. Man cannot do it no matter how hard, how hard he tries. It is a beautiful setup for the gospel. All right. And the Lord God said, now that the man has become like one of us, knowing good and bad, what if he should stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life? So this has literally happened still right there between the two trees. They were hiding in bushes nearby, and now they've he's killed passing animals to cover them because their effort was not good enough. And so all of a sudden, blood has stained the earth for the first time. All right? So now that they know things like God, we cannot allow them to obtain immortality by eating the tree of life. Now that they've sinned, there is a consequence that they cannot live eternally in this body, even though God designed it that they could if they chose to. But they chose the other way. And so for God to show his consequence, we now have a time span in our flesh here on earth because of man's disobedience to God and sinning. So we're not going to allow him to eat from the tree of life while he knows good and evil. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden. So the garden, which was God's, this beautiful, perfect creation that God made for man to reside in, excuse me, to be able to enjoy the fruits to be able to look after it all, to be able to tend to the animals, still not having to do hardly anything, like it was going to be an easy job. And to be able to walk freely at any time when God enters to have relationship with him. God wanted him to have relationship or wanted us to have relationship with him. But because of sin, God has now banished man. And so if he can't live forever, sorry, if he can't live forever, what is the concept? Like what is the opposing thing forever? There must be death. So for man to no longer be able to eat from the tree of life and live for eternity here on earth, 
he must die eventually. Now that he knows what sin is, he cannot live forever because it was never something for man to know and understand. That was God and God alone. That was, uh, depends on how you want to look at it, whether it's God's burden to bear because he is God that he knows all and he is all and he understands the negative side of things. And because he's God, that's something that he has to bear or however that's, I'm not 100% sold on that. That is just my thinking and speaking out, okay? Don't take that for absolute truth. But because of that, now if man live forever on earth, he is now like us in understanding exactly what we understand. He can't do anything about it, but he now thinks just like us. He understands just like us. Whereas before, he thought like us, but only thought of the good things, only knew and understood the good things because that's all I wanted to give them in the first place. And now they have chosen not to, and because they haven't done that and they've decided to know all things, as in, so all things here is good and bad. All right? And because they now know that, they are more godlike than what they were before. You only have to see the progression of humanity, or sorry, regression, I would say, of how humanity has degraded itself all throughout the generations. And you just have to look at history of wars and everything, the, the scientific uh, testing that they used to do, how they would treat humans, like all this really degrading stuff so that they thought they'd become more godlike that they would understand and grasp more because they want to know all of it. They know that there's good and bad, but they want to know all things that are good and all things are bad, primarily more all things that are bad than all things are good. Those bad things seem to be very, very attractive to people. All right, so because of that, they will now have to die. They cannot live forever. So the consequence of sin is death just like we see all throughout the new testament that we have to understand that this sin that adam and eve did god stopped them from obtaining immortality and for him to do that it meant that man had to die at some stage so man now has a ticking time clock that he lives and he doesn't know when or where he will die and so there is a fearful factor that man knows he's going to die. And so why do you think, like even, it's, it's sad, but even older generations now that are in their 90s pushing close to 100, that they are in a very, very bad way, but they're in hospital on life support or whatever, they are not living a very nice life because mankind is trying to prolong life for as long as possible to obtain that immortality that is out of reach. And so they're putting people through misery to try to obtain it, and it's never going to happen, no matter what they do. And so there's more suffering because of death. All right? So we've sinned, and God cannot have anything to do with sin, so he separated us from him, which brought about death. All right? So that is that is the overall picture that we need to understand 
And that's what Jesus came to overcome. Yeah. Does that, I hope that makes sense to you guys. I know it's a lot to take in, but this last, not 2022, but 2021, as I spent a lot of time reading the Bible and having uh, talks with people that I love that might have different ideologies to me when it comes to doctrine, that there's certain scriptures that line up to how they, sorry, there are certain scriptures that they use to perceive the Bible. And so they present it to me. They have, they've never pushed it on me, but they've presented it to me for me to think about. And then I can make the decision on my own. And so, and there's a lot that I've, a lot of doctrines that I've looked into to understand why do they believe what they believe and where do they get that belief from in the Bible? And so that's why for me, the statement in uh, the welcome to the podcast one that I did was what do I believe and why do I believe it? There is so much uncertainty in man's perception of scripture because of how we've tried to perceive it in our own minds by man trying to rationalize it and understand it himself rather than allowing the spirit of God to reveal that truth to you or to me. There are so many doctrinal divisions now because some people will follow a cluster of verses that back up their belief. And that is absolutely every doctrine across the world. You just have to type in a certain doctrine and go, what do they believe? Why do they believe it? And it'll come up with all the verses that try to justify their understanding. But this is one of the, and so as I was doing that and spending more time in that, I start to see these patterns that God put forth throughout the entire Bible. So for us to see God's heart for his people was always a blessing. It was never to harm at the start, but it was man's decision to walk away from God by trying to obtain what God has even though God gave us everything that we needed to live very comfortably and to enjoy life and to be with him, man's curiosity thought, oh, we can obtain more so that we can be more like God. Let's find it. And then all of a sudden that negative, that negative sensation hit their bodies in the, uh, the form of shame. And from that sin, God said, all right, you're not allowed to obtain immortality because you now understand these things and you think like me. I have to put an end to it somehow. So I'm going to stop you from eating from that tree. And because you can no longer eat from that tree, you will now die as your consequence for your sin. You cannot be redeemed by your own efforts. Hence why God, like I'm just being God's voice at the moment. Hence why me as God, I'm the one that has to cover you to protect you. Your fig leaf was a pitiful effort to cover yourself. So I'm going to sacrifice and shed blood to be able to cover you. And so this is a portrayal that God, sorry, not betrayal, but portrayal that God has instigated for us to live our lives. And yeah, for it to say that, later on in scripture that before the foundation of the world, God knew or he foreknew everything before the foundation of the earth. And this is exactly why. And so for God to show at the very start of all creation, we don't know whether it was years, months, days, whatever it was at the very beginning, we're now 6,000 plus years later that it had to take place like this. God always knew that we were going to fall, but he gave us the opportunity 
not to. Otherwise, he would never have warned us of something that would cause us to sin because that's his heart for us. And so the Bible as a whole is warnings and explanations of consequences. So all sin leads to the consequence of death. Sin separates us from God Almighty because he cannot have anything to do with sin. So there has to be a separation. And if there is a separation from God, all wrath that is... So you have God that is love, and then God has wrath, which is part of the good and evil understanding. God has wrath for all things that are not of him. So if we are not under his covering, we are not of him because sin has separated us. And so if that's the case, all we have is wrath coming our way. Whether you can say that's here on earth or whether that wrath is an eternal wrath when we die because our spirits are eternal but our flesh is mortal. And so we've understood what we've done wrong and our flesh will perish because of those consequences but our immortal spirit will live on either in eternal punishment or in eternal blessings under the Father being in relationship with him and enjoying all the good things that he had created for us in the first place. And that good thing is Christ and Christ alone. Okay. I know it's a lot to grasp, but I love trying to paint this picture to really present it to people so that they can fully grasp this beautiful thing that is the sacrifice of Christ in what it pertails. And also that we have to understand that there is wrath and punishment consequences for everything that is not of God. Okay, so that's there's a really strong picture that needs to be shared. God is not a fluffy teddy bear in the sky. He loves, he mourns, but then he also displays anger for that that is not of him. And from that anger, the action of wrath is brought forth. Okay, so that is a picture that we need to portray. So he's going to banish Adam and Eve from the garden to till the soil from which he is ta- from which Adam was taken. He drove the man out and stationed east of the garden of Eden the cherubim and the fiery ever-turning sword to guard the way to the tree of life. So there must have been only one entrance and one exit to the garden that was on the east side. But so that no man could find and no man could obtain eternal life through the tree, I'm sorry, through the fruit of life, God put a cherubim. We can look into cherubims later on in the description of them. They're an interesting looking creature to imagine. And the this fiery, ever-turning, ever-burning sword. So throughout Scripture, what is this fire? This fire is purifying, and this fire is the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God can be present. It's not always, but when the Spirit of God, as in the Holy Spirit, comes and comes in the physical so that we can see him with our earthly eyes. He is in the form 
of a flame that never stops burning. But it also purifies. So through the prophets, there is plenty of times that there are burning coals that God has lit up the fire that these coals are burning on to purify their lips and saying, with my spirit, I now purify you to go out and speak what I've called you to speak. Because only I have the ability to make you be able to do these things. You are not just, you are not righteous, you have no right because you are full of sin. You are not holy and pure, but me purifying you with these burning coals, you are now purified to do what I've called you to do. All right? So, yeah. So there is no longer an entry point that, sorry, there is no longer a possibility to get to the garden to obtain eternal life here on earth in the flesh. All right? So, yeah, that's a lot to get through, and I hope it does make sense. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, the first three, four chapters, we'll go through a few more chapters uh, in the next couple of podcasts, and I just I felt like I was on a roll, so I just pumped out almost an hour and a half of doing podcasts this morning, but that I just felt what God was trying to portray in this, I'm very thankful for the knowledge that he's given me to be able to try to read at least try to relay it to you because this stuff makes me so excited that when I share, I really hope and pray that you guys are excited about these things as well and where God is in all of scripture. So yeah, we'll go through the rest of it as we go bit by bit, but thank you very much for listening and I pray you have an amazing day. See ya.